2: Hey, gals, welcome back to Working Gals Guide. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, to start things off, I want to say thank you so much for all of those listeners who left a rating and a review last week because I did see a few more trickle in and that was amazing. It really did make my day when I saw those. So anyone who's listening and uh, loves the podcast or loves this episode particularly, leave five stars on Apple Podcasts and a rating if you have a bit of more time as well. Ratings mean everything in podcasting, which is why I always uh, kind of encourage it. I do have a bit of a personal update. So as many of you probably know, I have a day job in tech. I work at a software company and that is my full-time job, like nine to five, although the hours are usually much more crazy than that, Um, but it is my full-time job and I'm still doing it. So the thing that's really the personal update is the fact that I have been doing a bit of freelance writing on the side and yes this podcast is a side hustle but that freelance writing is now another side hustle as well. So I've always loved writing um you know even kind of dating back into elementary school middle school I would always write in a journal. It wasn't like creative writing I wasn't doing anything crazy like writing novels or anything at that age or trying to write novels but I would recount my day or the last couple days in a journal entry. I always had fun doing it. I always thought it was a great time, and I just kind of loved writing from that age. In high school, I, again, really didn't really pursue writing in any way. I didn't take any extra writing classes. I didn't even really think of considering to take writing or some sort of journalism or whatever in university, but. In high school, I always loved any class that I got to write in and I would always kind of push the boundaries when it came to writing as well. I remember writing um, this weird poem. It was kind of like a poem slash essay that we had to read to the class. And my teacher just said, write about anything, which is such a, you know, you can write about anything. So most people really did pick pretty basic topics. um, But I remember writing and the title was like, A letter to my sister's future boyfriend. And I wrote this long thing. I thought it was hilarious and so creative. And I know I'm tooting my own horn, but I thought it was so funny. And I read it to the class, and everyone loved it. In that moment, I honestly just felt so good. And I was like, hey, I do love writing and I feel like I'm good at it. Um, But needless to say, that was in high school. And again, I did not pursue writing in college. So Um, going into college again, like I studied business, I didn't really do too much writing. I did have a blog for a short period of time. It was called daughter of a runner. So I called it daughter of a runner because my mom is a runner, as I've mentioned on the podcast before. She runs marathons and ultra marathons and she just runs a lot. So I used to join her running group from time to time. And it's this group of people in their you know 40s, 50s, some in their early 60s, and they'd always get together and train and run and work out and do their thing. And I would be invited to come sometimes. And I almost felt that I was looking into some sort of interesting group. Not that I wasn't included in part of it, but I felt like I could take a step back and almost viewed the group from this almost like 30,000 foot view. I would see all these comical things they were doing, the little nuances they would have. I thought there was just so many interactions that were just so funny. So anyways, I took those kind of experiences and inspiration and I channeled it into writing this blog. So at that time, Women's Running Magazine uh, wanted to publish or republish some of my blog posts on their site. And all the blog posts were very humorous and comical and light. And of course, I just said, yes, that sounds amazing. So that happened. That was super cool because that's a really big publication. And all of the pieces that they republished would get a ton of comments and feedback on them. And it was just a really cool thing because I felt like I was getting uh, my voice put out on this incredible platform that people were getting to see that's not to say there wasn't some kind of negative comments as well because there was although at the time I just kind of thought it was funny and not so much terrible or bad or hurtful so anyways that happened um again you know I finished college and I just went on to work at a software company which I love um but the personal update is that recently I have started to freelance write for Betches and Pop Sugar, which has really been amazing. And I wanted to share it because I just wanted to say I know a lot of people out there have passions and hobbies that maybe they're not pursuing full time right now, but it doesn't mean that you can't pursue it on the side. This podcast, of course, is a form of a creative outlet. It is, of course, a hobby and a passion, um, but so is writing for me. So I just wanted to say you can, you can find the time in your day um, and you are able to pursue as much as you would like in a day as well. And if it's something like writing or if it's something like podcasting or if you want to, you know, become a YouTuber whatever it looks like to you, I would just say go for it. You never know what's going to happen if you do want to check out my articles on Betches and Pop Sugar, what I would suggest you do is find my personal Instagram and then go there because it's linked in there. My personal Instagram can be found uh, through the Working Gal's Guide Instagram, or of course you can just Google the articles as well. I really do love betches and pop sugar. So it was super cool when I, you know, was told that yes, we like your writing samples and we do want to publish you. So that was a very fun moment. Um But yeah, so I just wanted to share that as well, just kind of like as an inspirational tidbit, um, you know, just for anyone out there who is looking for, you know, to kind of diversify what they're doing. All right. So actually hopping in today's episode, we do have two ladies. Um, So we have Sydney and Megan. And if you're interested in entrepreneurship, building your personal brand or getting into lifestyle blogging or the fashion industry, this episode is 1000% for you. So today, Megan and Sydney um, are ladies that are part of the fashion world, and both gals are digital content creators that run lifestyle blogs. We chat through how, through networking, essentially, Sydney got in touch with Megan and was hired on as a creative marketing assistant to help Megan with her company, Shades of Pink. So Sydney, as you may remember, was a guest on episode number one, which was so long ago, but it's so crazy that she is back and chatting So she is, if you remember or you listened to that episode, a fashion merchandising student. She's actually slated to graduate in a few months now. So Sydney is, you know, running her personal blog. She's also helping Megan. She's learning tons. We talk a lot about how Sydney helps Megan with photo shoots and helping with branding and things like that as well. So in terms of Megan, she is a new guest to the podcast and she shares her journey of launching and growing her company and blog, Shades of Pink. She actually has made Shades of Pink her full-time career, so she talks about how she transitioned from doing it part-time to actually going into it as a full-time career. So both ladies share some juicy behind-the-scenes of photo shoots, some information about working with brands, and also some information about growing their respective personal brands as well. Today's episode is super fun. I really enjoy both gals. I urge you to go ahead and check out their respective blogs and Instagrams because I love them personally, and I think you would as well. Everything, by the way, is in the show notes. All right, without further ado, here is today's episode. I hope you love it. If you do, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Super important. Um, and yeah, here's the episode. Hope you Enjoy. Hey, gals. Welcome back to Working Gals Guide. I'm here today with some very special guests. One of them you do know. Her name is Sydney. You might remember her from episode number one. And we also have Sydney's boss, Megan, on the phone as well. Hey, girls. How's it going? Good. Awesome. So I'm going to ask you both to introduce yourselves super quickly just so we can also get a difference between your voices. I've never done three people on a call before. So this will be an interesting one for sure. So Sydney, you got to take my first episode, and now you're also taking my very first three-person episode.
3: How does that feel? <laughs> Perfect.
2: <laughs> awesome. Okay, so Sydney, let's start with you. If you don't mind, just a quick introduction. Tell us what you're doing, and you know what's different about you since we you know last chatted, which was a while ago.
3: Yeah, definitely. So um, first when we chatted, it was pre-COVID. So obviously the whole entire world has uh, definitely had a big shift. Um, so I am a senior at the University of South Carolina studying fashion merchandising. Um, and I run my own blog, a fashion lifestyle blog. And now I work for Megan Pickney, which she is a digital, well, I'll let you introduce herself, <laughs> digital content creator. And I'm her assistant. And I really work Behind the scenes for her, help with photo shoots. um, And I'm sure we'll dive into a lot more of our daily, day to day tasks.
2: Awesome. Thanks. And yeah, when we last chatted, it was pre COVID. Things were much, much different. That's for sure. Um, I think when we first talked, I was not even, you know, I hadn't even launched my podcast yet. I was just pre recording. Things were much different. I was telling you how nervous I was. So here we are, like six or seven months later it's a lot different than then, but I know you've been killing it because I do read your blog and everyone, if you're listening and you haven't seen Sydney's blog, it's in the show notes. So go check it out. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, your, your platform has grown so much and I've loved keeping up with you as you have been growing over the last half a year. It's been awesome. Oh, thank you. Of course. Awesome. Okay, so Megan, let's go to you. So, Megan, thank you so much for coming on today. I am so, so excited. I love your blog. I love everything (laughs) on your online shop. I'm obsessed. So, I can't wait to hear about your career progression and what you're doing. But, yeah, why don't you just give us a quick intro on yourself, who you are, where you're from, what you do, the whole gambit?
1: Absolutely. So, my name is Megan Pinkney. I was born and raised in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and while well, it is still very much home. I reside in Columbia and kind of split my time between the two. Um, but after being crowned Miss South Carolina USA in 2013, I formed um, this online moniker, Shades of Pink. And since then, it has grown and I've established um, a full lifestyle brand around it. And I spend my time creating content um, for a variety of different local and national brands.
2: Awesome. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of what you do on your blog and it's wonderful. It's so cool. So again, if any of you don't know who Megan is, you haven't seen her blog, please go check it out. It's in the show notes. (laughs) Great. Okay. So a few icebreaker questions before we actually hop into career and questions and some of the most serious stuff, I'll put it that way. Um, But all right. So first question and Why don't we just say, Megan? You can go first for the answers. All right. Perfect. Okay. So we all love the Kardashians. So if you had to pick a Kardashian's wardrobe, whose would you pick to borrow for
1: a full week? Kendall, for sure. She's a supermodel.
2: (laughs) She is. Yeah, I, I had a different guest on a couple weeks ago, and she said the same thing. And she works in fashion as well. And. She basically said, it's like, you know, you walk in, you have every brand, every designer. It's so high-end. It's so lovely. Like, why wouldn't you pick Kendall? And I kind of agree with that. (laughs) Awesome. So, Sydney, your turn. Who would you pick?
3: Um, Honestly, I think I would pick Kim because I feel like she just is able to, like, live in sweatpants and pull it off. And (laughs) she looks great doing it, so... Fair. That is very true.
2: I think my work from home outfits are very much either, I want to say Courtney or Kim because I'm literally wearing sweatpants and like a sweatshirt every single day. Like basically Aritzia or TNA needs to sponsor me right now because it's all I'm wearing on my Zoom calls with my clients. Um, and it's so comfy and so wonderful. So I'm loving it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So second question if you're allowed to invite either JLo or Oprah to your dinner party, who would you invite? So Megan, you can go first again.
1: Oprah for sure. She's the queen. She <laughs> and I is. feel like if I have Oprah at my dinner party, then I, she could invite anybody else. Like JLo <laughs> might still pop
2: in. Yeah. It's like, usually you get a plus one, but I'll give Oprah a plus 10. Bring whoever you'd like. Yeah. Bring your crew. <laughs> for
1: sure.
2: Awesome. Okay. So Sydney, what's your answer?
3: I definitely agree. I would say Oprah. I mean, you, can, you can't not pick Oprah.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I, I know. When I was writing this, I was like, who can kind of match up to Oprah? There's no one really. The only person I could kind of think of was JLo because she is really just wonderful as well and such a boss. <laughs> but still, I, Percy, would also pick Oprah every single day when I was younger, I actually wanted to be her. So, you know, I, I love her. So Oprah, I know you're not listening, but if anyone knows Oprah and they're listening, all three of us want her at our dinner party, connect us, please. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for doing the icebreakers. I know those were just kind of silly questions, but um, yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to talk to both of you because Megan, you have grown this incredible brand around you, you have this incredible blog, you have your shop, you've done so much in the last couple of years, and Sydney, you're now supporting Shades of Pink, and also on top of it, you have a lot going on for yourself that is really inspirational too, so why don't we just start in, and I don't care which one of you goes first and says this, but tell us about your relationship, how'd you meet in Sydney, how did you get involved with Shades of Pink?
1: Okay.
3: (laughs) Uh, I guess I can kind of say I, I guess my freshman year of college, um, Megan was actually speaking at like, a her campus event. It was like, um... An event like where like it was like almost like a girl boss panel and she was speaking and I was just a freshman like I this was like my first big kind of like fashion event at you at UNC and I heard she was able to tell her story and everything and I just remember like oh my gosh like I want to be her like I really want to be her. And I just decided to come up to her after the event kind of ended. And I was like, I just love what you do. And I remember talking to her briefly, started following her on Instagram. And she, I was so excited because she followed me back. And um, I was just so excited. And I was like, I, I just kept following her ever since then. And then the end of my junior year, Megan was looking for an intern and I applied for it, um, and I interviewed with her, and we honestly clicked really, really well, and then ever since then, um, I have been doing some remote work for her. Obviously, during COVID, um, it was all remote, and then when I came back to Columbia, I've kind of been doing it full-time on her team as her assistant. Um, Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it.
2: Awesome. I love that, and it's so nice that, you know, Megan, you were so approachable and Sydney was able to reach out to you. And obviously, you know, it's nice that you followed her back and were able to, you know, just kind of connect on that level. It's always so nice when someone actually, you know, answers you when you do connect with them, because I feel like sometimes it can be nerve wracking to reach out to people. Um, So I'm so glad it worked out because it seems like you guys are doing a great job together.
1: Absolutely. No, we, we really are. And I'm so thankful for her. But I think that's such a learning lesson for it was for me and definitely for your audience. Like Sydney was brave. I mean, like, she came up to me, not having known me, not having ever spoken to me. She stopped me and that being able to take charge and like that presence it really was like character defining and I realized that like in that moment like she was a go-getter and you know a few years later when it was time to interview people and to try and figure out who was going to be on my team like I definitely remembered that and I remembered that freshman who wasn't shy to to make an introduction to make a stance and to show that she was there and that she was willing to learn and I think that that was something that stuck with me. And like I said, such a learning lesson for anybody listening. Like sometimes you just have to go for it. Like you really just have to put yourself out there um, because you never know what's going to happen in return.
2: Yeah, that's so true. It's so true. And I mean, a lot of times it's almost like a numbers game where, you know, you have to reach out to a lot of people and the people that do see the value in you will reach back out to you and they'll appreciate you. And it looks like that's what happened between the two of you. And Yeah, Sydney, I do think it's super brave to reach out to someone, especially you said you were a freshman at the time. So, I mean, you know, it's hard at that point to reach out to someone. You don't know how it's going to go. I know when we talked before, like you've been such a go-getter from day one, even in high school, kind of like early college, like reaching out to brands, putting yourself out there with your blog and whatnot. So I know you have those qualities in you, but it's definitely a good learning lesson. Like Megan, you said to everyone listening, like if you want something, Ask for it. Try to make the connection. Go for it. So yeah, Sydney, I think it's awesome what you did, and I'm glad it worked out. Um, but yeah, so can we talk a bit more about Shades of Pink? So Megan, you know, gave us a brief overview of what it was and how you actually, you know, started it. But what gave you the motivation to launch it? When did the blog turn into a shop? Tell us all about it.
1: Absolutely. So my website launched in 2014, January of 2014, and that was because I had just come off of my run as Miss South Carolina USA. Um, I placed in the top five at Miss USA, had a great experience, and had gained a a new following, honestly, from being on national television of people who were just interested. And at that time, Instagram was still very much um, a new phenomenon that was not used in the way that it is now. But in that time, after I'd given up my crown, I started to see my numbers decrease, like people weren't interested anymore. And I was like, okay, well, what can I do to keep people interested? Like, what is it that could keep people holding on? Um, and that was really why I started my blog. And Sydney and I have had this conversation. I had always, I had thought about having a blog for quite a few years before that. Um, But I had this idea of what a blogger was and who a blogger was and it was not someone who lived in South Carolina It was someone who lived in like New York City or LA or Paris Um, and that was just not my life So I didn't see I didn't think anyone would be interested in it But at any rate, I decided to just go for it It was like a a snowstorm in South Carolina one weekend and I had cabin fever I was so bored. I had nothing else to do. So I was like, I guess I'll start this website Um, and the website launched as like leopard print and lemonade. It wasn't even shades Mm -hmm. of pink. It was just something that I started and I just, it's just developed. It really has. And I'm, I'm still so shocked sometimes to take a step back and realize where it's gone and how it's grown. Um, because if you would have told me that evening when I was creating that website, where it would go, I would have never believed you. But since that time, I've obviously rebranded. I have a new name. Um, but i just made a lot of connections and a lot of partnerships through brands that has honestly lifted my brand. So I spend most of my time creating content for those brands. Um, and like you mentioned, I did start a shop last December. So almost a year and it was really, um, to focus on home goods and like, like home entertaining pieces. Um, But honestly, one of the things that I realized as after I launched it was that like that wasn't necessarily where my audience was like I was throwing dinner parties and I was having people over, um, but that wasn't necessarily where everyone kind of was. So I had all these great plans of where I saw spring going and the products that I planned to launch in spring. And then obviously spring had its own plans and mm-hmm. life kind it of took a sure different direction. <laughs> um, so I've honestly been spending the last couple of months trying to decide like what, what's going to happen to this shop. And I was actually having this conversation with my fiance not too long ago. And honestly, I don't know that that's something that I'm going to keep moving forward with and not because I didn't enjoy it or because I don't think that it has the potential to be successful. Um, but I have just realized over the last few months that like, sometimes you have to be good at one thing and not everything. And I've really enjoyed the opportunities that I've had creating content, um, for a variety of brands. And I just feel like that's really my strong suit, not necessarily, uh, selling merchandise. Um, So it was, it's again, another learning lesson, something that I'm, that's definitely growing with me. Um, I'm all about trying something once, but recognizing when things might not work. Mm -hmm. And I honestly feel like the shop may not be in my brand's um, immediate future right now.
2: Right. That makes sense. And I feel like there's almost so much to unpack there because it's such an interesting story, how it all started and came about and. I love the fact that it used to be called, you know, what, what did you say? It was like Leopards and Lemonade Leopard or Lemonade? Leopard and
1: Lemonade. Yeah, I, yeah, I were, didn't even know that. Yeah, <laughs> it's so
2: cute. It's so adorable. I love that name, but I also love the one now because it plays off of your name, which is super awesome. But I mean, so many questions around this. So first of all, was it pretty easy to, you know, when you first launched this, was it pretty easy to kind of bring over your Instagram following? into your blog and get them to become dedicated readers and subscribers and really attach themselves as viewers of your blog as well? Or did you almost feel like you had to really work to get them over over to your actual blog? And was it difficult to build a following or did it just kind of come naturally because people did already follow you to some extent on Instagram?
1: No, they are two very completely different platforms. And obviously Instagram has a lot more eyes, a lot more impressions, a lot larger reach. Um, Than my blog gets naturally. And that's totally fine. I feel like the people who come onto my blog are a little more dedicated, a little more interested, and maybe a little more willing to trust my opinion and make those purchases. Um, but no, it definitely wasn't just like a seamless transition. It's something that I still work towards now. Like I'm still, I still make a point to push blog posts and to remind people that, like, hey, I do have a website, I do exist on another platform, not just here. Um, so no, it's, it's something that I'm constantly working
2: on. For sure. That definitely makes sense. And, um, another question around this too. So what actually prompted the rebranding? Like, why did you change the name to shades of pink? Again, I love both names. It must've been hard to, you know, you know, leave one to go to the other. Cause the first one was also so catchy and awesome, but what prompted that? Like, what was the motivation behind
1: it? Sure. So at that time I had been blogging for like a year and a half. Um, and I just felt like, honestly, I felt like my website needed a revamp because like I told you, it was something that I had kind of done the spur of the moment. Um, and the name was kind of the same thing. Like it was something that I felt connected to, but it didn't necessarily describe me. Um, so when I was coming up with that rebranding and really putting, some more effort into the site as a whole I really did start to think about the name and it was so funny because it was something that just kind of came to me and I don't know why it came to me a year and a half later not like that weekend where I first launched yeah. mm-hmm. um but it was really just something where I was just kind of sitting there and I was like you know what like I could change I can make it a play off of my last name and the shades part like while it obviously is a pun with the color pink Um, it's also a description of like the many different layers that is me or the many different layers that make up women and how, you know, we have all of these different dynamics in our life, um, that create a part of the whole. And I think that that was kind of my thought process that like on top of fashion and travel and entertaining and, you know, great restaurants and all these things, these were all different shades that kind of made up this one color.
2: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I mean, I love the name so much. I think it also just matches the branding on the site as well. Like it all goes together so well. And you mean, I've been reading, you know, a couple of your posts, especially once I learned about you through Sydney's Instagram. And I mean, everything's just so pretty and pink and it really, it's just feminine. It just makes me want to read it. I really identify with it as well. And I mean, I think it just goes super well with how you portray yourself online. Like it all just makes sense to me. I think you've done an incredible job of branding. So big, big kudos to you. I I think it's amazing. Um, But yeah, I want to get into your day-to-day. So obviously you've made this your career. I love that first of all, but yeah, tell us about your day-to-day and Sydney, feel free to hop in here. How do you help Megan day-to-day as well? How you actually balancing this with your schoolwork and all of that as well? And are you doing this just part-time? Is it kind
3: of like a full-time thing? Give us everything. Yeah, uh, definitely. So I can kind of like so- talk about my end I guess and then Megan obviously does 10 times 100 times more than me um but from my end basically I feel like Megan and I are honestly in constant pretty much constant communication Monday through Friday I would say whether it be emailing back and forth texting calling um or going into our office um I am always kind of like, I would say her right right hand uh, woman, honestly, when it comes to photo shoots um, behind the camera, making sure that, you know, there's, I think what people don't realize is that there's so much that into one single photo, and especially when you're, um, you know, like Megan, who is a digital content creator, she is not only coming up with content that she is satisfied with, but she's also you know trying to come up with content that um the brand she's working with are satisfied with so that they use for whether it be their website their social media or whatnot so we're constantly creating shot lists um to make sure that all of the products are being gonna be properly shot um we're going over outfits, um, certain looks, locations, timing, scheduling between our two schedules. So no day is the same, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, we're definitely in constant communication pretty much every day. Um, and when it comes to carrying that with school, I would say um, it definitely is. It's it's not as bad just because it is my last semester um, of my senior year. So I. And more focused on this just because this is what I want to do and I love it and should be a little bit more focused on school maybe last semester <laughs> but it really has not been hard at all and Megan's super flexible and understanding of my schedule and um, she's been great and for me I, I look at it as Megan is my mentor and I just being around her I've, I've learned so much already so um, it's it's been great.
2: Mm -hmm. for sure and Megan how is your day-to-day you know different than what Sydney just described is there you know a couple other things in there that you do is a bit different like give us all of that in terms of your day-to-day with work
1: absolutely so being a digital content producer is definitely my full-time job but it is only one of the many hats I'm juggling Mm -hmm. um so on top of you know connecting with brands and having meetings with Different representatives and pitching clients and being pitch clients and having to do things like unopenings with like box unopenings which seems so simple but just like add up to different tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like having meetings with my manager trying to go over like strategy and what the next couple of months look like. Um, I'm working on all of these paid campaigns, like I said, trying to pitch myself for new campaigns, but also trying to make sure that there's some organic content in there and not just on Instagram, but also blog content. That's like not just paid campaigns. Um, but that are a little more, I don't know, a little, but maybe I'm not like selling something. I'm Mm -hmm. just like sharing something. Um, And then on top of all of that stuff, I serve on a few different boards here in Columbia and in Charleston. Um, I am right now very, very involved in getting our demographic um, registered to vote and (laughs) starting in their census. Um, My fiance has two young boys, so I'm trying to help him raise them. So it's just a a lot of many, uh, I wear a lot of hats. Um, And like Sydney said, no two days look the same, but... I recently started waking up before dawn, um, just to kind of get emails in mm-hmm. and that's been a constant that I've really enjoyed. Another thing that I try really, really hard to do every single day is water the plants in my garden. Uh, it sounds mm-hmm. like such a little thing, but just my day goes by so fast. And like, sometimes I'm in my office until 9:30, 10 o'clock. Um, and back in the office at 8.30 the next morning, sometimes 8 o'clock the next morning. So just having those like small moments where I get to check in with myself mentally and just make sure that like mm. I'm good um, is really, really helpful. So the things that I try and do every morning is wake up early to, to do emails, um, have a cup of coffee and water my plants. That's For and try sure. to keep that constant.
2: It's like all the self care stuff, and it's so important. And I mean, I don't water plants, um, my mom does that. Um, but I, the cup of coffee, I definitely understand. Like, I need my coffee every single morning. I won't go as far to say as I'm one of those people who's like don't talk to me before my coffee. But at the same time, I definitely feel like I need it. And it just gets me into the mood of my day. And I always use the same like pink cup. And it's always just like, you know, I just have it It just like is a consistent in a day of craziness. And I'm sure you feel the same way as well. And um, yeah, I mean, your day sounds like it is jam-packed, like you said. But I guess the question I have coming off of this too is, you know, like, how do you balance everything? Like, how are you able to balance, you know, not just work, but also obviously family, your fiance, uh, his kids. And, you know, like you, you said, you're engaging with the community as well, not just doing things for your blog. You're also out there trying to get people to sign up to vote and whatnot as well. So how have you been able to actually balance everything and keep yourself sane besides, you know, waking up early and just working long hours?
1: absolutely the only way that I can get things done is by writing them down Mm -hmm. I mean like honestly my planner is my lifeline if I do not write it down then it will not happen (laughs) Um, so that is the only thing that really keeps me saying that and Sydney to be completely
2: That's funny. So I want to talk a bit more about the photo shoots because I think this is fascinating. Um, You know, I've never personally been part of photo shoots or anything like this. I've never been someone who has been involved with digital content creation when it comes to photos and blogs and things like that. So I'm kind of curious around this. So In terms of setting up a photo shoot, um, you know, how long does it take to actually prep for this? How do you choose a location? And how long is the actual shoot in total?
1: (laughs) We're trying to figure all those things out now, just so that you know it's still (laughs) a work in progress. But I guess um just in terms of like a broad answer, it starts with the product. Like what is it that we're promoting? Are we promoting an idea? Are we promoting a product? Are we promoting um a location like what is it that we're promoting and once you have that it's then easy to determine um where when what am i wearing um and then from there we just kind of build out that scene like what is that person doing why is that person doing that and what is the emotion that we're trying to convey through these images and then from there we come up with a shot list and i'll let sydney tell you a little bit about coming up with the shot list
3: yeah so um I think what I've realized working for Megan is just how much goes into a photo shoot and how much, how important it is to prep go into a photo shoot prepped and ready. Um, Because I mean, not only when you're, shooting content you know you have to work with the photographer anybody else on set so you're not only it's not only costing you time but the people working for you as well time so you kind of want to come in efficiently and that's where we've been working with our shot list kind of trying to create the perfect template to do so so you know we go over every location every outfit every um we literally list pose by pose of what shots we want to get, whether it be waist up, horizontal, vertical, um, all those types, what props we need, if we need food, how much time we think this specific look is going to take us, kind of like rough draft everything. And I think You know, that has been the most important part going into the photo shoot, just because with time, it's just really great to refer to. And I think when you're in the moment in the photo shoot, things can get hectic, a little bit stressful to kind of have that shot list to look back at Um, really helps in the moment and after based on what the brand wants as far as deliverables.
2: Right. That definitely makes sense. And um, Sydney, how has this actually helped you with your own blog as well? Because I'm sure you're taking so many lessons and just, you know, through actually working with Megan, you're probably learning so, so much. So how has it actually impacted your blog in the way that you kind of build that out as well?
3: Yeah, definitely. So honestly, I Megan has helped me in so many ways, just being number one, just an inspiration with you know, just being a, a girl boss in her in herself and taking on so many tasks and doing it so gracefully and just it, she makes it look a lot more easy than what it really is. Um, I feel like Megan has taught me to well, number one, like when you're talking to brands and everything, like to have your voice and make sure like you're clear of what you want and kind of building the back end of your brand, so brands respect you. So now I have a media kit, um, how engagement, um, an invoice, when I do get paid for a brand, making sure that I send them an invoice and an engagement report if they're asking for something to me, I think that's really important um, in kind of establishing yourself I'm not just the face of your Instagram, but behind the scenes as well. She's taught me a lot of business skills that I had no idea were even important. And by doing so, I feel like brands have started to take me more seriously. And I've been able to get more brand sponsorships and, um, you know, create more of a, lo- a loyal following.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I mean, Megan, I know you went to school and you studied fashion merchandising, but how did you actually accumulate all this knowledge about business and being a girl boss and being able to really run this? And yeah, like where did all that knowledge come from?
1: Absolutely. I think that the base of the knowledge came from fashion merchandising program. It's so funny because what they were teaching in my classes when I was in school, obviously, was not digital marketing. That was not where the world was eight years ago, which is so funny to think that that's how different things are. Um, But I took a lot of those skill sets and how to merchandise a store and how to really focus on products in-store and took those concepts and tried to use them virtually. Um, But I think another thing that really propelled me into this position was my time as Miss South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And I say that because... At that time, I really, my class, the class of 2013 was really the first class that integrated social media. Well, not even just social media, specifically Instagram into that, that title. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason why it was so beneficial to now is because when you are a beauty queen, you're a, you're expected to represent an organization that's bigger than you you are constantly selling products and beliefs, concepts, all these other things to people of all ages, whether it's children in hospitals, or, you know, adult, like business men and women who you're trying to get, you know, funding for something or whatever. Um, and we that was really the first time where we were asked to use those visuals, you know, imagery as a whole, To promote not just ourselves but these products and as a title holder you have sponsors and my job that year was to show those gifted products in a in a good light on my Instagram and that's honestly what I'm doing now so that was kind of like the foundation of my um I don't know, of my education in it, but then, and Sydney and I were just talking about this. Where I really got a firm grasp on this industry was during my time as a digital content producer for a marketing agency in Charleston. And in that time, I was working behind the scenes on campaigns, so I was the connect for a, an influencer. So for me to be on the other side of that, where I was able to understand like what a brand wanted, what they expected, how going. About above and beyond, you know, sets you, shines a brighter light on you, and just all of those things that I didn't really have a perspective on until I changed positions, um, it was really something that helped me develop and grow at a much faster rate, um, right, for,
2: Yeah, that definitely makes sense, and so I'm curious around the timeline of this. So when were you competing in pageants, and when did you finish school? Was that all at the same time? Was it afterwards?
1: Yeah, so I was crowned Miss South Carolina USA my senior year in college. That was 2013, and then I took a semester off to compete at Miss USA, came back, graduated in 2014, um, which is then also when I started my blog. And then, so, like, I started my blog in January 2014, graduated in June 2014, um, revamped my blog in, like, let's just say June 2015, and then um, 15, 16, 17 was really just kind of, honestly, me working a lot for free, me just, like, partnering with brands and really just kind of establishing myself, But all but doing it all by myself, really. I wasn't working with photographers. I didn't have, you know, a a right-hand man helping me make sure that I was getting everything this was really just me like cold calling brands and building relationships within my community um and promoting those ideas and then in 2018 was when I went to the marketing agency um did that for about like six eight months something like that and then after that was when I kind of realized like shades of pink can could really develop and become much bigger than what Mm -hmm. I had been using it as. And since then, um, is really when I've seen it kind of like take off. And I told Sydney, one of the, as soon as I like created an office space for myself and I really took it seriously as my job was when like, I really did see a growth, um, and a true change.
2: Right. And I think this is a big lesson to people too. It's like, if you do have something you are passionate about and you put the effort in and you put the mind power behind it, it can work out. And it's amazing that it's worked out for you. And I mean, I think a lot of people are scared to take that first step. Sometimes they're like, you know what? I have this hobby, but I don't know if I want to, you know, pursue it full-time even though I do kind of believe in it and I mean it it seems like you know you really are just this incredible girl boss because you were able to not just you know have a passion for your blog and producing content but you also knew you had the skills to do it and you've been working hard so you know it's all come together which is awesome but were you at all a little bit nervous about pursuing this full-time or were you just very much like confident in that it would work out?
1: No, I mean, I'm still worried about it because I'm not putting money. Well, excuse me, my my job does not put money into a 401k. I'm not building all of these. Like, I don't have social security. These are like all real things that like maybe at 30 don't matter so much, but in 30 years will. So it's, it's definitely nerve wracking. And I'm always questioning myself, like, am I making the right choice? But I think to combat that, I just, I try and figure out where those missing polls are and how I can make up for that on my end. So though I don't have a social security or 401k, I've created account so that I'm taking 20% of what I'm making and putting it away. So although it's not being pulled out of my check, um, by the government, I'm, I'm kind of forcing that onto myself so that I'm still setting myself up in the same, not in the same way, obviously, but as (laughs) close to um, normal as possible. I think that that's important because, you know, just being able to survive in this moment is, is, is an achievement. And it's something that I'm very proud of. Absolutely. But I mean, I think that it's a goal for every American to retire one day, you know, and it's like, how am I setting myself up to make sure that that happens? And I think it's just being conscious of it. It's just Mm -hmm. really, yeah, thinking about for sure. It. No,
2: that's so important. I think that's such a big lesson is like educate yourself on how to actually, you know, make yourself financially like responsible and independent. And it seems like you, you know, you've done all that, which is awesome. And I think that's a big fear for a lot of people to be honest is like, you're saying, okay, maybe I'm pursuing something where I'm growing it myself. I don't have these traditional kind of financial things around me that, you know, are just put in place if I work for a company, but It is possible to do it alone like you're doing right now. So, you know, it's awesome that you've been able to do that for sure. And I think it's such a smart move as well. Um, But yeah, so Sydney, I do want to talk a bit about, you know, your blog as well and how things have changed, uh, you know, since six months ago when we last talked. Give us an update on that and how, you know, your blog is going and what people can find there as well, just in case they didn't hear our first episode together.
3: Yeah, definitely. So it's kind of funny because after like hearing Megan say her detailed background and everything, I feel like I'm at the stage that she was at where I am doing a lot of work for free. (laughs) So I am but I feel like that's so important, honestly. Like I, I feel like I've been passionate about my blog ever since I was a senior in high school. So clearly by now, you know, I'm doing it because I love it and I love producing content. I truly love researching brands and putting together outfits and styling and taking photos. And I feel like that is the most important part to me is just doing something that I love and having that creative outlet to do so. And I, I feel like you know along the way is when I'll get uh, my big break or have you know a very exciting brand to work with and lately um by being consistent and learning from Megan and um you know taking in all her tips and just being around somebody who is really you know motivated has helped me um especially this year and I've been able to grow my following honestly a pretty good bit since the last time you've talked um, with me just by posting consistently um, and by interacting with my followers and interacting and constantly posting with um, on Instagram stories and everything and I'm able to receive um, quite a bit of honestly paid collaborations that are in the works right now um, for myself but yeah my blog is really a mix of lifestyle um, recipes super into health and fitness um, so it's a little has a little taste of that as well as beauty products and um, lifestyle brands.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I definitely, I've noticed too, that, you know, your actual following on Instagram has increased quite a bit since we actually chatted, you know, the very first time. So I've seen it change. I mean, I love your content. So everyone, again, if you don't follow Sydney, make sure you go follow her. There's (laughs) awesome stuff on there. Um, And, you know, you can subscribe to her actual blog so you'll receive emails and you know get updates when a new blog post is there and you know i do i like was in love with those little apples that you made when you were apple picking like it looks oh, so thank cute. you <laughs> yeah those were those were awesome i was like i should totally do that for like a little fun fall or halloween thing such a good
3: idea i loved it thank you so much yeah it's it uh, really makes me happy to see like people actually subscribing to my blog and following my content because it's something that I love so much and um, I just, I want other people to enjoy it as well.
2: Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. So a question for both of you. Um, So, you know, coming up with content, you know, is your job, but I'm sure just like a writer has a writer's block, you know, there may be times when you kind of aren't sure what kind of content to create or, you know, things just aren't coming to you. So what do you do in those situations and how do you continuously come up with content that is engaging and tailored to your audience and also things that you typically, or I wouldn't say typically, but things that you guys do personally love to actually produce and do want to create for your actual, you know, your blogs respectively.
1: Honestly, I'm in that, <laughs> that moment right now. Mm-hmm. I'm working on something for White House Black Market and I need to do a reels and I'm trying to figure out what that reels should look like. And I was trying to film it before this call um, at a local hotel and I just, I couldn't, I it didn't work. Like it, the vision that I had didn't make sense. It wasn't working. So I'm like back to square one. This My due date is here and I need to figure it out. So I'm kind of in that like mental block where i'm like what else can i do mm-hmm. <laughs> what mm-hmm. else can i do um but honestly i think like the same way that like a writer gets inspiration by reading I, I i get inspiration by looking at other content i mean i'm constantly scrolling through pinterest and instagram looking through magazines and just using other people's visuals to inspire me um to come up with something new
2: Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we're constantly giving content to consume when we're on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and even just like reading news sites and things like that. We're constantly throwing content and yeah, I kind of feel the same way sometimes where sometimes you just see something and it kind of sparks this idea. And that kind of just gives you something to run with. So yeah, I definitely agree f- for myself at least. Sometimes just looking at different content gives me ideas to pursue for new content than I can actually create myself. Cindy, do you feel kind of the same way or is there something different that you do to help yourself?
3: Yeah. I mean, I honestly, Megan and I were talking about this earlier today. Just I feel like I'm not 100% sure that I know my place right now and my niche of, uh, you know, I, I'm struggling to find my little niche um, within the influencer communicate community because I just feel like um, influencers in general are just becoming such a saturated thing, whether it be Instagram, YouTube, podcasts even are becoming so saturated and everybody wants to do it because it's the cool thing right now. Um, And so I'm really have been struggling with kind of finding, okay, well, how am I different than any other college student and looking forward to the next steps in my life, whether it be, you know, taking a full time job somewhere, what city I'm going to be in, if I'm going to be in Columbia, like, just, uh, just getting excited for those next steps, because I think that whatever phase of life you're in and what stage of life um Megan was telling me earlier like her followers have loved to see her progression go from you know whether whether it was when she was competing for Miss USA to now you know going and traveling all over the world obviously pre-COVID you know just seeing those steps the followers enjoy seeing that progression of life so I think generally as you go through phases of life you'll kind of find different areas of content that you want to produce and put out into the world
2: yeah for sure and I think Megan like your blog and you know your entire brand is like a testament to being able to evolve and like being able to understand your actual community and the people that do want to engage with your content and being able to pivot is so important you've done it so well so you know a lot of good a lot of good information and tidbits in there as well So now we're wrapping up on time, but really quickly, I just wanted to kind of, you know, say Megan as well, thank you for coming. But, you know, I do want to say as well, like when I found out about your blog, I went through and read so many different posts and there was actually one that you did. I think it was like the top 10 things you need in your closet for fall. I think you just, you know, released it not too long ago. That one for sure was like huge for me. So I actually went shopping with my mom like the weekend that I read it. And I literally, yeah, I literally had it on my phone as I was shopping. And that means so much to me. Yeah, no, for sure. (laughs) And so let me tell you, out of that top 10 list, and you know, I was trying not to drop too much money, but I bought myself a white jacket. So I got that. I got myself a neutral tote. And, yeah. And I also got myself a midi skirt. So it wasn't a solid yeah. color. It had a bit of pattern on it, but I was inspired by the photos that you posted. So I, I just it. want to say it definitely influenced me and I loved it.
1: Well, thank you. I'm so happy to hear that because that is literally the whole point. So thank you. And you know, It's funny because a lot of times, you know, if somebody clicks and purchases, then I can see that. But if, if it's not, like, a direct sale, then I don't always see how I've influenced someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really nice to hear that. But I also want to say that, like, that's a perfect example of something that was, like, my big idea. Like, that was something that I really wanted to push out in September. Um, but Sydney really helped me with that. She did a lot of the research in terms of finding the, um, finding mm-hmm. the products that would, like, work for like my style, but also (laughs) we're available right now. Um, She built that whole blog post out. So I mean, that's, that that is something that like, that is one of the things that like, she really does help with.
2: That's awesome. Well, Sydney, good job on that one. That was a great one. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I know we're kind of, you know, just running up on time right now. So super quickly, both. Thank you so much for coming. It was so fun to talk to both you together and you know, you pop my cherry in terms of having three people on, uh, you know, a single episode. So that's also pretty cool. Um, but, you know, everything in terms of where people can find you is in our show notes. But super quickly, if you don't mind, just tell everyone where they can find you. And Megan, go ahead. You can go first for this one.
1: Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Shades of Pink, P-I-N-C-K, or on my blog at shadesofpink.com.
3: And uh, for me, you can follow me on Instagram, Sydney Hope with three E's. So Sydney Hope, E-E-E, basically. And then my blog is sydneyhopesblog.com.
2: Awesome. And the other thing I do want to say is I think both blogs kind of complements one another. They're different than one another, but I think they definitely are, you know, good assets for every girl out there to actually have open and, you know, kind of favorite it on their browser. I know I do. So, you know, everyone go out, follow both of them. They're both awesome. Um, but yeah, thank you ladies so much for joining me today. It was incredible to talk to you and incredible to hear your stories.